Hello, this is Helga Edwards, and I'm here with my husband, Bob. Today we will be reading Genesis chapter 17 from the Common English Bible, with the exception of verses 18 and 19, which we will read from the Darby translation, which more accurately reflects the language found in our oldest available Hebrew and Greek manuscripts. Here is Genesis chapter 17, beginning at verse 1. When Abram was ninety-nine years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am El Shaddai. Walk with me and be trustworthy. I will make a covenant between us, and I will give you many, many descendants. Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, But me, my covenant is with you. You will be the ancestor of many nations. And because I have made you the ancestor of many nations, your name will no longer be Abram, but Abraham. I will make you very fertile. I will produce nations from you, and kings will come from you. I will set up my covenant with you and your descendants after you in every generation as an enduring covenant. I will be your God and your descendants' God after you. I will give you and your descendants the land in which you are immigrants, the whole land of Canaan, as an enduring possession and I will be their God. God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants in every generation. This is my covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Circumcise every male. You must circumcise the flesh of your foreskins, and it will be a symbol of the covenant between us. On the eighth day after birth, every male in every generation must be circumcised, including those who are not your own children, those born in your household, and those purchased with silver from foreigners. Be sure you circumcise those born in your household and those purchased with your silver. Your flesh will embody my covenant as an enduring covenant. Any uncircumcised male whose flesh of his foreskin remains uncircumcised will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God said to Abraham, As for your wife Sarah, you will no longer call her Sarah. Her name will now be Sarah. I will bless her and even give you a son from her. I will bless her so that she will become nations and kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell on his face and laughed. He said to himself, Can a hundred-year-old man become a father? Or Sarah, a ninety-year-old woman, have a child? And Abraham said to God, O oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall indeed bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him, for an everlasting covenant for his seed after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard your request. I will bless him, and make him fertile, and give him many, many descendants. He will be the ancestor of twelve tribal leaders, and I will make a great nation of him. But I will set up my covenant with Isaac, who will be born to Sarah at this time next year. When God finished speaking to him, God ascended, leaving Abraham alone. Abraham took his son Ishmael, all those born in his household, and all those purchased with his silver, that is, every male in Abraham's household, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that same day, just as God told him to do. 
Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he circumcised the flesh of his foreskin, and his son Ishmael was thirteen years old when the flesh of his foreskin was circumcised. That same day Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised. All the men of his household, those born in his household, and those purchased with silver from foreigners, were circumcised with him. Here ends our reading of Genesis chapter 17. In verse 1 of chapter 17, there is strong evidence of patriarchal bias in nearly every English translation of the Bible available today. The common English Bible, which we read from today, is a welcome exception. In most English translations, God introduces himself by saying, I am God Almighty. Instead of using this inaccurate English expression, the translators of the CEB wisely choose to keep the Hebrew name El Shaddai. This name that God gives to himself is a powerful feminine image that depicts God as sufficient to provide for all of Abraham's needs. Writing for the Israel Institute of Biblical Studies, Dr. Eli Lizorkin Eisenberg explains, El Shaddai is just one of the many names of God in Hebrew. El means God. The rest, however, is slightly more complicated. In our Bibles, El Shaddai is most often mistakenly translated as God Almighty. The main reason for this stems from an opinion that the Hebrew word Shaddai is connected with the verb Lishdod, which means to destroy or to overpower. For example, the Hebrew word for bandit has the same root, Shaded. El Shaddai does have another meaning, though. The word Shad has a much closer grammatical connection to Shaddai, and it means breast. Moreover, when a word ends with an I or an AI, it almost always means my. So, literally, El Shaddai could very well mean, God is my breasts. If we consider this intriguing imagery as an interpretive possibility, we may see that the breast is one of the key symbols of sustenance and parental love passed on from God, the parent, to humanity, God's child. So instead of God Almighty, El Shaddai should probably be translated as God All-Sufficient instead. In his book entitled Christian Holy Days, author Larry D. Edwards points out that the meaning of this title, which God applies to himself, is highlighted in a play on words found in Genesis 49, verse 25. By the God of your father, who will help you? By Shaddai, who will bless you? With blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies below, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. And that's from the New Heart English Bible. Here we see that God, the sufficient provider of all blessings, Shaddai, is directly compared to the blessings of life from the womb and nurturance from the breast. The word for breasts here is the Hebrew Shaddaiim. This understanding of the term El Shaddai matches the context of God's message to Abram. God promises to miraculously provide Abram and Sarai, many descendants. To emphasize this promise, God even gives Abram and Sarai new names, now referring to them as Abraham and Sarah. These names in Hebrew carry meanings that indicate their role in being the ancestors of many nations, as well as royalty.
The key to receiving this promise, however, is faith that God is sufficient to provide this miraculous blessing. In the previous chapter, we read how Abram and Sarai did not trust in God's sufficiency. Instead, they came up with their own plan to have offspring by using an Egyptian slave named Hagar. God was not pleased with this plan. In Genesis chapter 17, God institutes the rite of circumcision for Abraham to remind him that he is not to trust in his own strength to accomplish God's purposes. The problem of human beings trusting in their own strength instead of trusting in God is symbolized by the male foreskin. This must be symbolically removed as a sign of the covenant or agreement between God and Abraham. God will miraculously bless Abraham with offspring, but only if Abraham trusts in God rather than in himself. Abraham is also told that future generations of his descendants must practice circumcision as a symbolic reminder to trust in God as their sufficiency rather than in their own limited resources. In the New Testament book of Romans chapter 2, the Apostle Paul emphasizes this symbolic meaning of the rite of circumcision. He explains that the ritual removal of the flesh was meant to point towards what he refers to as a circumcision of the heart. Human beings must cast off a hard heart of unbelief and learn to trust and follow God. Ironically, the Pharisees, a patriarchal sect of Jewish teachers in Paul's day, believed that the physical ritual of circumcision itself was a step towards making themselves acceptable to God. They attributed special significance both to being male and to being physically circumcised. This mindset was the opposite of what God intended. Being physically male would not grant them any favor with God. Both male and female were created in God's image. Being physically circumcised would not grant them any favor with God. The symbol of removing the physical flesh in circumcision was meant to represent a turning away from trusting in human strength and a turning towards trusting in God to love and care for us. In Galatians chapter 3, we read that all who learn to trust like Abraham will receive God's blessing like Abraham. The Apostle Paul explains, Abraham believed God and trusted in his promises, so God counted it to his favor as righteousness. Know this, people who trust in God are the true sons and daughters of Abraham. For it was foretold to us in the scriptures that God would set the Gentile nations right by faith when he told Abraham, I will bless all nations through you. So those who have faith in him are blessed along with Abraham, our faithful ancestor. We find that in Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. Trusting in masculinity, in ritual, or in our own human efforts to secure God's blessings will not work. God's blessing comes to us through the promised Messiah, referred to throughout the book of Genesis as the seed of Abraham. He alone is sufficient to provide us with the blessings of forgiveness, freedom from sin, and eternal life with God in heaven.